Today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15 is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. We're taking a look at a few big ADP movers and walking through how to use one of the web's great fantasy baseball resources. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, April 15th. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here for the show is Derek Van Riper. In DVR, uh, we have to start off with a couple of very sad notes. A couple of uh, key members of the Major League Baseball community who have uh, passed away in the last uh, few days. Yankees co-owner Hank Steinbrenner uh, passed away on Tuesday. He was 63, uh, dying of an illness not related to uh, COVID-19. And also, we've lost uh, Jim Fry, the one-time manager of the Royals and the Cubs. He took the Royals to the World Series and took the Cubs uh, to the NLCS. Uh, he was 88. He passed away this past Sunday. So I uh, always hate to uh, start off with that kind of news, but uh, we, we send our condolences to the uh, Steinbrenner and Fry families, and uh, certainly they will be, be remembered for their uh, contributions to baseball. Uh, but let's uh, move on to the latest in the uh, situation uh, with the, sh- the shutdown. Major League Baseball has not committed to any particular plan to return until the consequences uh, for public health are clearer. Uh, there's a piece in The Athletic by Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich that uh, lays that all out. But, uh, you know, as a reminder that this layoff is not necessarily uh, a-, a great development in terms of getting uh, players back who were not ready to start on a regular opening day. Uh, there was a report from Chris Cotillo of uh, MassLive.com that Alex Verdugo is not progressing as quickly coming back from his stress fracture in his back as the team was hoping. But there was another report from uh, Julia McWilliams of the Boston Globe that uh, that uh, Verdugo could still be ready for uh, an opening day. So, uh, you know, DVR, what are your thoughts on Alex Verdugo uh, in terms of value, perceived value as of right now as compared to a few weeks back? I think I'm looking at him kind of similar to the way that I've been looking at Aaron Judge and the price difference between the two players is one of the keys that might lead me to still take the chance on Verdugo, whereas with Aaron Judge, I'm steering away. But a stress fracture... It can just take a long time to heal when it's in a place like the back or the neck or the ribs. You just don't know how easy it is to agitate something like that or to potentially make it worse. And I think this is a a good reminder that even a lengthy layoff doesn't guarantee that Alex Verdugo is 100% healthy if he's ready for the start of the season. It just means he's healthier than he would have been had the season started on time. And you wonder, how much does an injury like that potentially sap his power? 
how much does an injury like that uh, cause him to miss time during the season in terms of needing extra days off potentially? It's still a lot of questions. So I'm looking at Verdugo as a guy that I'm probably not drafting. I think the ADP usually is in the 200 range for uh, a brief moment, I think, after he was traded to Boston before this injury uh, was revealed to be an ongoing problem for him. He was surging up a bit earlier than that. Uh, but I'm kind of glad at this point that I didn't start buying in after the trade when the increased role he was set to have in Boston was a big reason to to push him up boards. Yeah, yeah, it does uh, sort of uh, wash out whatever gain or perceived gain he had uh, from from that trade. Uh, also, there's a, um, a very interesting piece that I saw on MLB Trade Rumors about the Dodgers and the possibility that maybe Mookie Betts never plays a game for the Dodgers, which is uh, just a, an oddity that I hadn't really given much thought to. But uh, you know that trade certainly does take on a, a different look uh, at this point for a whole bunch of reasons. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everybody has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more on a monthly subscription. And for 25% off of your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your first order. Uh, now, I know that you and Michael Beller, you talked about uh, several players whose value or whose ADP, at least, has changed uh, over the last few weeks as compared to you know, prior to the shutdown. So I figured I'd follow up on that and talk about a few players that maybe you and, and Michael didn't get to uh, in terms of NFBC ADP. Now, Framel Reyes and Carlos Martinez have both improved their ADPs. I th- I think I can understand why Carlos Martinez is has been going a little bit earlier in recent weeks. For ML Reyes, that's not quite as clear. So uh, up through March 11th, which was um, the last day before MLB announced their shutdown, uh, Reyes had an ADP of 138. Since then, it's 113. It's a substantial uh, improvement. Uh, do you have any thoughts or theories on why for ML Reyes is, has been more popular? He tore the cover off the ball during Cactus League play before the schedule stopped. And I think that while we try and and say that spring training stats don't matter, they still impact the way people evaluate players. And I think you could look at Franmil Reyes and say, hey, this is the kind of player who, other than being kind of a batting average liability, I mean, 249 last year is really not that bad there's obviously not a lot of speed there but the run production potential and the power are just as good as some of the players who go 50 picks earlier than him 
and and that's at the increased prices at right now. I think they're they're top seventy five players who have similar skill sets. So I think maybe it's the reality of just how much safer he is as an American League player as opposed to an NL player. And the spring that he had certainly bumped some people in that direction. I mean, five homers in ten Cactus League games, only three strikeouts and twenty nine plate appearances. Uh, that's a nice little nudge when you're talking about a guy who's still pretty young, just 24 years old, uh, and a guy that hit 37 home runs in 150 games last year. Uh, a full season in Cleveland, if you were prorating you know, what was happening last year, maybe he's a 45 to 50 home run guy at his peak with a partial season. It's less than that. So uh, I think it's just the realization of how good he was last year and how safe the playing time should be now that he doesn't have to play the outfield every day. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, that certainly makes sense, uh, you know, in terms of not only the, the good performance in the Cactus League, but uh, the fact that he's he's at a bargain at uh, even the current price, as you said. Now, with Carlos Martinez, he's, his improvement isn't quite as dramatic. He's basically gone up about a round, uh, depending on the depth of your league. But his uh, pre-shutdown ADP was 184. His post-shutdown ADP is 170. But, you know, that's enough to, to take notice. Do you think this is just strictly about job security in the rotation? Uh, and if so, do you think that it's a safe assumption that he uh, would? And I guess, you know, actually, that's kind of a softball question at this point because rotations, I would assume, will be expanded. But do, do you know, do you think this is a fair adjustment? Yeah, I think so. I, I think when draft season began and, and some of those drafts are, are baked into the uh, pre-March 11th numbers, Initially, we didn't know if he was a, a reliever or a starter. I think as spring training started, it was clear he was being stretched out. Just you could tell by the workload that's going to happen like that. But even when we didn't know if he was a reliever or a starter, if you assumed reliever, you couldn't really assume that Carlos Martinez was the Cardinals closer. And I think that lack of clarity was part of what dragged him down a little bit. Now, I think as you look more closely at what he's done over the course of his big league career, if you go back to 2015, Carlos Martinez in the last five seasons has never had an ERA above 364. In the four of those five seasons, he's been at 317 or better. He's a little bit of a ERA is better than whip sort of pitcher, but I think he's kind of underrated from a skills standpoint. And I don't know if there's some longstanding frustration where people expected him to be even better than he is and, and part of that's dragging his price down. So the increase to me is just the understanding that he's clearly a part of their plans now as a starter in St. Louis. And it still feels like he's a little bit underpriced to me. Well, okay. Now what about Garrett Hampson? He's gone the other way uh, pretty substantially from 178 pre-shutdown to 280p post-shutdown. And, I feel like maybe that's some something of an adjustment to the reality that he's probably just not going to be an everyday player. Or do you think there's something else in play with that? I think it's a seesaw sort of effect where Ryan McMahon interest started to go up as draft season was rolling along. And Hampson just had to go down as a result because while Hampson can play other spots, I think the people who were buying in at the previously elevated price, we're looking at him as more of a job battle potential winner going toe-to-toe with McMahon. And the realization is if they platoon, Hampson's on the small side of that, and then he's trying to pick up other bits of playing time, maybe in the outfield, 
Uh, I mean, Trevor Story, if he's healthy, doesn't get days off at shortstop. So it, it's beginning to become difficult to see Hampson as an everyday player with the full complement of Rockies being healthy. Uh, but I think this is as much people starting to fall in love with what Ryan McMahon was doing from a stat cast perspective a year ago than anything else. I mean, I think that's a driving factor in why he was on the rise and subsequently why Hampson has slipped a bit. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that seesaw theory uh, is a good explanation for it. It just seems like Hampson's value going back to last year has been on its own roller coaster ride, uh, sort of regardless of who's on the other side of the seesaw. So uh, that could continue into uh, 2020 if uh, we do, in fact, have a season. Uh, now, I want to go back, uh, DVR, to our last episode because I. For the first time in, in a while, uh, I decided to throw out a trivia question there uh, as part of our out-of-the-park key giveaway. We still do have a few more uh, to give out. But for the first time since we started doing this, nobody came up with the correct answer. So uh, required some searching of baseball savant, and past questions have either been just you know fact trivia or things where people could go to fan graphs or uh, baseball reference. But this was very specific. Uh, Michael Beller and I, we were talking about uh, end zone WOBA and what an important indicator that is. And so in looking at the leaderboard, I saw something kind of interesting that if you look at the top 12, there were three players who were pretty well below the other nine in terms of ADP. So the question was uh, of the top 12 with a minimum of 11, or I'm sorry, of a thousand pitches seen, uh, which three were not in the top 100 in NFBC ADP? The correct answers were Carlos Correa, uh, Tom Murphy, and Mitch Garver. And only one person even got one of those names right. So we're going to try this again with a similar question. But we had a request uh, from one of the respondents. Could we actually explain where you go to find that? So uh, you go to the Baseball Savant search page. You select uh, Batter for Player Type. There's a game day zones uh, pull down where you select pitches in zone and it fills out all the, the zones within the strike zone for you automatically. You select the minimum number of pitches at a thousand and then you just sort by WOBA. So uh, using a similar process, in fact, you could use that exact same sort to answer this question. So I basically have told you how to do it. Uh, now you got to just answer the question. So the trivia question, basically a replacement trivia question for a free out-of-the-park baseball 21 game key is the following. Name one of the two players who finished in the bottom 12 in end zone WOBA with a minimum of 1,000 pitches and also had an ISO of at least 110 in 2019. So think about that. Only 12 players or only two players out of the bottom 12 had an ISO as high as 110. So that kind of underscores more so why this is such an important step. But two did at least clear that uh, name. Just one out of those two. DM your responses to me on Twitter at Al BB, A-L-M-E-L-C-H-I-O-R-B-B. And uh, all correct responses will be entered into a drawing for that out-of-the-park baseball game key. So related to that, uh, DVR, I don't know if you've had a chance to check this out, but Alex Fast is doing an outstanding tutorial series on YouTube on how to use Baseball Savant. And the first episode uh, going back, I think, a couple weeks now uh, was about how to use the search uh, function. So if my explanation didn't do it for you, uh, this is going to be another featured read, but our future 
featured YouTube viewing of the day. <laughs> Alex Fast, Baseball Savant Tutorial Number One, The Search Function Part One. Uh, another way you can find it is just to go to Darren Wilman's channel. Uh, he's got all the tutorials uh, there on his YouTube channel. So uh, DVR, I know that uh, you know we've talked before about um, you know tools that we really rely on. So um, I, you know, I, th I think that this is a, a very helpful uh, service that uh, Alex and Darren are providing with people. Yeah, and the whole crew at Baseball Savant does great work. And I think they're taking some pretty big steps, such as this tutorial, to really make the site more user friendly and more accessible. So definitely check that out. If Baseball Savant's one of those sites you've looked at and it's sort of intimidating, or maybe you've had some trouble getting it to do what you'd like it to do in the past, I think this will help a lot. Absolutely. So uh, do check that out. And uh, you know, going forward, we'll, we'll have things to read, but uh, this time we'll give you something to, to watch on YouTube. And uh, on that note, we're going to wrap things up here for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, check out the three-month free trial or go to theathletic.com slash baseball in 15 for a 40% discount off a subscription. Everything that we do is a part of the subscription. And if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to re leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you took the time to do that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melker, and we will be back with you on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>